Hey, podcast listeners. I want to welcome you to this special edition of the Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast. As you hopefully know by now, we're beginning a new phase of this podcast. This is the third of four podcast episodes as part of a course on how to start small groups. I want to invite you to be part of this course, which can be found on our website. You can move through this course at your own pace or as part of a group. These episodes will be one portion of the many resources available to help start, restart, or re-energize your small group ministry. And I know you're going to be re-energized in this third episode as we get to hear from the very passionate Reverend Motoi Yamada Four, who is the senior pastor at Sacramento Japanese United Methodist Church, the Garden Church. She's born in Japan, and you'll get to hear a little more about her story in the interview. She's on the board of directors to the General Board of Discipleship Ministries as a Western Jurisdiction representative. She is the founder and former chair of the National Asian American Pacific Islander Clergy Women. She's also a wife and has two small kids. And as I think you'll see, is very passionate and energetic about her faith and about small groups. Welcome, Moitoy. Thank you so much for your willingness to be part of this podcast. Um, I've always enjoyed our interaction. You're always enthusiastic and full of joy. And so I'm, I'm glad uh, people are going to get to hear from you. So tell us a little more about yourself and about your setting. So I was born in Japan and uh, as a non-Christian family, and I came to the United States uh, for college. And I, I was baptized, and then later I became a Christian. The current church uh, is a pan-Asian church um, and about 550 members, and we are becoming more multicultural, but we have a lot of Japanese Americans and um, Asian Americans in our congregation. And in California, a lot of spiritual but not religious people. So mm. we struggle to bring people from outside, and a small group is one of the key um, elements in our ministry. Great. So tell us a little more about small groups in your setting and you as a senior pastor, how do you help cast a vision for people being formed or, or being invited into small groups? First and foremost, I truly believe everyone should be in small group. Amen. I appreciate, yes, I appreciate people who come to worship service every Sunday. It's not enough for spiritual growth. People have to be in small group. In order to grow. And I really believe you grow until the day you die spiritually. So mm. we need to keep working at it. Yeah. So uh, from when I came 11 years ago, I was very clear about we have to have small groups. At that time, I believe we only had one, which was a mass group. Mm. Um, so immediately I started to identify um, leaders who has the gift to be small group leaders, but also. Unfortunately, in California, it doesn't work the, if we have a small group ongoingly throughout the year. It works okay. if we have seasonal. So oh, okay. it's easier yeah. to get people for Lent, Advent, um, certain season, like September, October is also a good season because it's a startup for the school. So people feel like it's a new year. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I believe the most successful small group, I had a 13 groups and mm. about 120 people joined and we had 26 small group leaders. So they're all paired up. So it's not alone, but two people ah. work together. 
And they also had a book we identify from upper room so they can okay. follow the instruction. And uh, so that's how, so keep talking about it and identify some key leaders and then equip and train them and encourage them and obviously follow up how they are doing. Great. So a few things you, you made me think about. First, uh, since this is, the, this is the small groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast, I'll point out uh, a very Wesleyan thing you said, and that is you're always growing in grace, right? John Wesley said either you're growing in grace or you're declining, <laughs> right? Yes. So if we're not going to actively pursue growing in grace, um, there is an opposite that happens to that. that yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So t- say a little more about seasonal. You mentioned um, – do you, is it three times a year that you, or twice a year? What, what are the seasons that you tend to propose? No, depending on how things are going in our church, we have ongoing about uh, six, seven small groups right now. Those are the people who do it um, regularly. Okay. Um, but the seasonal one, depending on, I do a lot of uh, worship series, for example. Oh, I'm good. doing out, outside of my own little world series, uh, October and September. Uh, but also Lent, I have used a lot of Adam Hamilton's book for the Lent, and we often do small group during Lent and during summertime sometime. Um, and also we, ha- we have done Committed for Christ, uh, which was a September-October series and related to the stewardship. So we don't have exactly this is the time we are supposed to do, we tend to do it for Lent and Advent and then one one more time for the seasonal one. Okay, good. No, interesting. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you do summer. I, I would imagine that's pretty unique. And a, a lot of churches, once summer hits, people scatter. So that, that's interesting. I'm glad, glad to hear that y'all do that. Uh, yeah, good. Um, you, other thing you mentioned is training leaders. What does that look like for y'all when it comes to training leaders for small groups? The one I have done is I just do a small group uh, as, as a leader. So I show them what I do. Mm. And so they learn what to do in uh, different settings. So they may use a different book, but they see how I invite others and perhaps send a reminder and keep the covenant or accountability and how I uh, prepare myself and identify different people as the host and as a prayer person, as um, possible future leaders. So I kind of keep them close so they will be learning what to do next. So it sounds like you do modeling, right? So it's a model where you um, invite them to see what you're doing and then they begin to do it on your own. And I, I assume as they begin to do, you're available for questions and yeah, yes. great. Some people have more gifts than me. They have a gift of teaching. I've, done, mm. I've seen their small group actually took off and they have done such a tremendous job. So I believe it doesn't have to be pastor. It could be anybody um, who has gift from God. Yeah, and good for you for for recognizing that about yourself and about others, right? That when you when you recognize their gifts, you release them to go do that. Yes. And sometimes people who are hearing about this, you may never thought you will start one, but you never know. So be open to God's call. Well, and I I appreciate the intentionality, right, of 
uh, of not just starting the group, but being intentional for you and for other leaders to be watching out for who's the next leader, who, who, who has the gifts, who's demonstrating the fruit of the spirit that they might be able to be next. Can you say a little more then about the covenant that you use? Yes. So the covenant, uh, it's not written, but we talk about it at the okay. beginning of all small groups, what Good. they are uh, committed to, which is they will come to all the small group meeting, well, at least they try, and also mm-hmm. they will keep each other in the prayer and depending on the group, but often they have things, not homework necessarily, but things they need to work on spiritually uh, every time they meet. So that's accountability that they will check in. So have you done this or have you done that? Accountability is some kind of practice. Yes, practice, yes. Yeah, good, good. Always glad to hear when there's accountability, right? At the Wesleyan small groups, that's good. Yes. So since you all have seasonal groups, uh, can you say a little more about what a successful group looks like in your opinion? So the biggest one is a spiritual growth, which is mm. very hard to uh, measure. Yeah. Yes, it <laughs> um, is. That's an ongoing conversation here. How are we going to measure this? Yes, yes. So it's just you need to talk to people and how they are. Uh, for me, being at this church for more than 11, uh, more than 10 years, and someone suddenly come into my room and said, now I know how you are described God is talking to you. I see God's message and I hear it. And now I know how to discern God's call. For me, that's a tremendous spiritual growth. Um, and that, those things happen in a small group. Another person was, um, she was great with quil- quilting hands. And then after being in a small group and we challenge each other, what God is calling you, what ministry God is calling you. And God called her to suddenly make quilt for prayer team, people who cannot come to worship. And then we tie the knot as a prayer and we bring it to the hospital. We bring it to people. And then she, that challenge from the small group led her to even provide a small quilt for abundant children. And so small group challenged her really to listen to God and be true to God and use the gift God provided. She's not the small group leader, but her gift is used because of the small group setting. Yeah, that's great. So the two things I heard were uh, testimony, right? People giving testimony for their growth. And another was that they're finding areas of passion and giftedness and, and begin using that um, for the building of the kingdom, right? Yes. Whatever that looks like. Yeah, that's yes. great. That's great. So are there any particular um, essential elements you advise your small groups to have? I think we talked about it in this conversation already, but the prayer is essential that we need to find out what's going on in people's lives and pray. I had incidents that people just got to the place and just started to cry because so much going on and we just needed to be in the moment. And a small group is a perfect setting. Uh, second thing is obviously scripture, reading the Bible and studying the Bible. Um, and then third part is the accountability that um, whatever we are studying or sharing, um, we will challenge each other. So what did you learn? Well, where you saw God this week mm. and what God is asking you to do. 
And uh, last element is, as a good Methodist, we usually have snacks or meals together as a fellowship. <laughs> That's right. The good Methodist. We got to eat. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, I joke, but there is something that happens as we eat together in community. Yes. Yeah. And as a pastor, um, sometimes I rely on small group people when some uh, life-changing matters are happening so that oh. they are the first one to know. And often small group leader notify me that, okay, did you know this was happening in this person's life? And then I can follow up. So they really yeah. become the care group for one another. Absolutely, which is the original, um, the, the origin of the Wesleyan small groups, right? Yes. As they were going around collecting their penny, they were coming back and saying, oh, we're finding out all these pastoral care needs. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. So that's great. That, that, and having that clear line of communication of, of them knowing, you know, to communicate with you, but yes. also then them doing the pastoral yes. care too. Yes. Right? So that yes. you're not having to do all the pastoral care. Right, they they join you and they supplement and um, become part of the pastoral care answer for those persons. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So, can you say then a little more how small groups can be laboratories for leadership development? I think you've said a little bit of this already, but perhaps you can expand a little more. Yes. So, one of the elements of small groups are identifying the future leaders, and I have one of the church members who's very quiet. Ten years ago, she would have probably screamed if I asked her to be a small group. But eventually, <laughs> she was open to the call to be small group leaders. And one day she came, she's very quiet. One day she came up and said, can I start a small group for quiet people? And <laughs> I love it. Culturally, some of us are taught not to speak up in a group setting. So when we have six, eight people in a small group, those quiet people will never speak up. That's right. So yeah. she identified those quiet people, all, all um, Asian women, older Asian women. Mm -hmm. And then she did a small group for those quiet people, and they shared so deeply, prayed together. They loved it. I would have never thought of small group with quiet people because I'm not quiet. <laughs> that's, that's one of the gifts that this yeah. person who never even thought as a small group leader, but because of the training throughout the small groups, she, and also she said yes to be a small group leader. And then God used her gift to be mm. open to the quiet people. And then I see that happening in many different ways. So that's, that's one of the great examples that I, I've seen. That's great. So, I mean, something I heard in that was a persistence. Yes. Right. Of, of, you know, someone may not see the gifts in them initially, even though you might. And, and so to be persistent, but also then to let that unfold over time, because sometimes you might not see it initially. Um, but then also you were able to release them to do the invitation. Right. Yes. Find, yes. find your group. Right. Yes. That you didn't have to do all that work of trying to match who with who you let let her go and do that yeah that's yes that's great um so then how how or do your groups practice being in mission together um so the mission as in serving others and going out to the community or the mission yeah the it church. could be yeah both right so it could be both, within the both. church or outside yeah so the best case scenario is a mass group we have there are they have small group and they always uh, they actually sign up to be uh, two years of United Methodist Women UMW uh, officers because they really felt if we are called to serve, we have to do this together as a, 
all everybody in the small group decided to do it together. But also, I've seen other small groups. We have many, many, many um, missions uh, serving uh, schools and provide a uh, free dinner. And then as a small group, I've seen them sign up together because they already know each other and they're comfortable. But also, I believe when you're learning about God and the scripture, God really asks us to serve others. Mm -hmm. And uh, loving God, serving others, and transforming lives is our uh, church vision. So they are true to do that. And studying the Bible is crucial. At the same time, we also have to help the others. Uh, people who I need, as the, Jesus told us to do so. Yeah, I love how you're connecting the vision of the church to what the small groups are living out. That's great. So I want to circle back. Um, in, the, in the beginning, you were championing small groups, uh, and and I just want to kind of I want to give you a platform for a minute because you're a a senior pastor of a relatively large church. You've got small kids, and you are championing small group ministry in a setting on the, on the West that we don't normally think of of being a hotbed for small group ministry. So what advice that I, perhaps we haven't talked about, what advice would you give to pastors? What advice uh, to those who are doing small group ministry that may not be senior pastors? What, what advice or wisdom would you pass on that you can think of? I would say keep inviting people. I wasn't Christian. And one of the reasons I became Christian was I was open to go to the small group. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable to go to worship at that time. But if uh, someone I know invite me for dinner or meal uh, and then getting together and learn about a topic I was interested in. And that's how I got into uh, church setting Mm. or campus ministry at the time. So. Um, and then also because of my background, I'm not offended by any questions. So I try to bring spiritual, but not religious people saying, it's okay. If you have any questions, I won't be offended. And mm. that, that's a great way. People who may not come to worship, but they may come to small group, your coworker, mm. your extended family, your friends may come because of the relationship. And especially if you know something's going on in their life and they need Jesus, that's a, one of the best way to reach them. So do not hesitate, invite them and keep inviting them because it's God, up to God who really inspired them. But we want to do everything to provide opportunity. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I, yeah, the keep inviting, the persistence, um, and, and especially for those who are in some sort of life transition, right? And are needing a yes. community. Yes. Right. Cause even if they and hopefully do go into worship, um, to me, the small group is that primary place we're going to be cared for and we're going to be with others who can, we can belong with and can help us to continue to learn to believe. So that's great. Yeah. I pre- appreciate your wisdom. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Do Preach not on. be discouraged. <laughs> 15 years ago, I was doing a small group for young adults and I was a young adult. Some week I had 15 people. Some week, no one shows up, and that mm. small group had dinner. So I cook for 20 people every week, and sometimes I end up eating by myself, sitting That's in a lot of food. Room. It is a lot of food. But some people <laughs> came back later and said, we went for the food because you had a lot of food, and you gave us the food. Uh, but they became core of church, uh, oh, my wow. previous church. Okay. So when you are sitting by yourself, eating by yourself, do not be discouraged. You never know what God is using you for the future ministry. You're planting the seed and you never know 
when those ministries will flourish. Yeah, preach on. I mean, if you're not excited about small group ministry now, I'm not sure there's anything else I can say. <laughs> <laughs> so keep doing it. God is with you. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much, Motoy, for your wisdom, for what you're doing, and, and thanks. Well, I always enjoy talking with Motoy, and I want to highlight a few things. We talked about following the interview. Uh, one of the things I followed up on was when she talked about how her small groups are led in pairs. She said that there's usually one leader and one assistant, and because so many people travel, that, that helps them to be able to cover the small group in case one of them is traveling. Um, it also helps to empower uh, new leaders. One of the other ways she said she recruits small groups is she has a prayer partner during the season of Lent. And these two, these partners become really close, and sometimes they become the partners for small group leaders. So I thought that was an interesting way to, to get leaders of small groups through, through something pretty different. Um, other thing I'll highlight is uh, essential elements. What are this is a question we get a lot. What are the essential elements that a small group needs to have to be successful? I use that word successful in, in quotations. Um, here's the things I normally list uh, in Motoy. Named a number of them: uh, prayer, Bible study, the a meal or, or snacks, some sort of food, um, accountability, which I think is a, a Wesleyan distinctive, and pastoral care. Covenant and missions. Um, the group ought to be serving together. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, I hope you'll continue to be as interactive as possible on the forums of the Teachable. Um, if you'd like, you can reach out to me. You can find me on Twitter at Rev Scott's Tweets, also at UMC Adult Form for adult formation. You can find my email on our website, UMC discipleship.org, which we've got a new new website out. I hope you'll take the time to, to do that. I also hope you'll give, uh, give us a chance to review us on iTunes. It's a great way for others to find out about this podcast. And so I look forward to any questions or suggestions you have that will be helpful for your small group ministry. And so we look forward to connecting with you and being in ministry together. Until next time, peace. Small Groups in the Wesleyan Way podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.